We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined every Monday by Benny Ricciardi as we are back again with the latest preseason edition of our show. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at Rotocurve, Rotowire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and find me hosting the Fantasy Hoops Insider Podcast over at TheFantasyHoopsInsider.com. The Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate and review us, please go ahead and do so, and don't forget to share and subscribe. Today we're going to be going over the Eastern Conference. We're going to be previewing that division, and we'll talk about our uh, top uh, fantasy plays there, some breakout players for each team, and some players, uh, or a single player at least, to avoid in the Eastern Conference. So we'll do a quick hitting style. Benny, how are you feeling this Monday? Uh, not that great, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. a, lot of, a lot of craziness going on in this industry that uh, you and I both love so much. Um, you know, it is what it is. So I'm like everybody else, just 
kind of kind of hoping that everything works out for the best here. Yeah, and a quick disclaimer here. If you listen to this podcast, chances are that you're a fantasy sports fan and you may be a DFS fan as well. I want to just quickly encourage you to um, – if you check out FanDuel and DraftKings and you've got those emails or if you check out my Twitter at JoshHayesFS – um, I retweeted uh, just a you know a support DFS thing there. It would be uh, great for you to retweet, to favorite, and to uh, use those email links uh, to get in touch with uh, the, the the people locally and with the FSTA to give your support for DFS because that's um, very important to you know. This is how Benny and I um, you know do what we love and 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 try or at least attempt to make a living in this industry. So it's very important to us. To, to see this thing through and it gets that it gets um, you know pushed in the right direction so we can all um, have this industry thrive and continue the, in a great way the way that it has been so there's a lot of uh, you know ups and downs going on right now and if you any of you have your chance to uh, show your support now is definitely the time to do so and we would greatly appreciate it all right let's go ahead and dive right in we'll um, just press pause on some of the headlines because most of it is just basic stuff you know uh, just really quickly going over here uh, Fred Hoiberg his hint that uh, uh, Noah could come off the bench. I think that's the best possible thing, particularly if they end up starting, uh, Nikola Meritich. Uh, Derek Rose is still seeing blurriness in his eyes, so he's doing some, um, you know, individual drills, but no contact work. Mm-hmm. Uh, may be back on Friday from the leg injury. Porzingis is potentially rumored to start at power forward, according to Derek Fisher. And, um, CJ McCollum is making his case to start over Gerald Henderson, who's currently injured. Uh, let's see here. And, uh, Alex Burks looks like he is the unquestioned starter shooting guard. So that may supposedly, basically covers the majority of the, uh, fancy NBA headlines. Any of that stand out to you that's interesting that might, like, move the needle for you in terms of fantasy drafts coming up here, Benny? Well, I mean, when we get to Chicago, I'll, I'll talk a little more about Miritich. I, uh, you know, I actually have him down on my list as one of the guys for us to talk about as a breakout player. I love, um, I love Miritich, by the way. If he gets a starting gig, I'll, I'll definitely yeah. bump him up in, uh, in my, uh, on my list as uh, you know, a guy that I want on my roster. Yep, and the other the other thing that stands out to me, I'm a huge CJ McCollum fan. Um, my little cousin went to Lehigh uh, a couple years ago, just graduated recently, so I actually went out there and watched him play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, I, I didn't call the upset against uh, Duke, but I definitely knew that they were going to play them pretty tough and that he was going to have a big game in that game. Um, that kid could play, man. He is very, very good, so... I, I would like to see, uh, you know, to see him get a chance and see what he can actually do with some serious minutes because he can score and he's a smart player. And I just, I you know, I like watching him play and, and you like seeing a kid develop that you saw play as like a freshman or sophomore and you were like, wow, this kid's legit. He has a chance to be in the league. And lo and behold, now he is in the league. So, yeah, uh, I think that's huge um, from a like an opportunity and potential standpoint. I've talked with a. Uh, um, my host, uh, DJ Trainer on the Wednesday show over and over about CJ McCollum. So he's been on my all sleeper team and all breakout list. So I'll be having some fair shares of him, uh, throughout the fantasy season going forward. Somebody, I think he's much more valuable if he wins a job rather than off as a bench score. He still has value as a bench score if they do end up giving that starting job to Gerald Henderson. So we'll see how that ends up shaking out. Uh, one thing he does need to do is improve the free throw percentage. You can't be a shooting guard shooting 60 something percent. So that's the one knock I have on him, but I, he's such a good shooter. And you know, that a lot of that came in like a low volume role when he was, um, used sparingly off the bench. 
towards the beginning of the season. So we'll see what he does with the full off season and with a full complement of minutes if he gets it. All right, we're going to start right off the top here, uh, Benny, at the Atlanta Hawks. First team, uh, I guess we'll sort of go alphabetically uh, in the Eastern Conference. And taking a look at the starting five projected, Jeff Teague at point, Corver at the two, Cephalosha at the three, uh, Paul Millsap at the four, and Al Horford at the five. I guess the one person of note here is the Cephalosha in the starting lineup over Damari Carroll, who's now in Toronto. So mm-hmm. what do you make of this roster and – who probably out of this would be like your standout player to own uh, among this group? I mean, it's actually tough for me to just pick one because there's a couple guys on this team that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big Paul Millsap fan, especially for fantasy. He contributes across the board in just about every stat category you can have. Steals, blocks, rebounds, points, um, you know, a couple assists as well. So I'd probably put him at the top of my list of, you know, my favorite fantasy plays on this team. But that doesn't mean that I don't like guys like Teague, who's also a decent option. Um, I actually have for my breakout guy here, I'm thinking Al Horford's going to have an even bigger year than he had last year. And I think part of the reason why is, if you remember, two years ago he, he was injured. So last year he was still rounding himself back into form uh, from that injury. And a lot of times they were restricting his minutes. Um, he basically only played a heavy load of minutes when they were in games that were really close that they really needed him. Um, and I think this year so far, he looks like he's a little bit, you know, going to be from, from everything I'm reading and hearing, it looks like they're going to be giving him a few more minutes this year. And he was a guy whose per minute averages last year were as good, if not better than anybody else at the position in the league. So if you give a guy who has good per minute averages like that, a couple extra minutes, you could see a big jump in his overall production, which wasn't all that bad last year either. Yeah, the only thing how Horford really needs is to stay healthy, and he played 76 games last season after just 29 the game before, so that's good. He didn't play 74, and the year back he played 11, so uh, there's a little bit of you know injury concern for me now. He's 29. The, I love Al Horford. I think he's a like a one of the top power forwards. Does definitely deserves to be an All Star. The the one issue that I have with with Horford is that he's sort of they play they continue to play him out of position at center. He does fine at center, but he just doesn't block a lot of shots for for a guy his size at center but you know he sort of uh reminds me of uh, like Alonzo Mourning or whatever who you but the difference was Alonzo Mourning was a tremendous shot blocker but he was 6-9 yeah. I think mm-hmm. Al Horford was sort of like that too but just doesn't have that same defensive presence there six both of those guys 6-9 both of them polished scores and and uh you know decent rebounders the other thing too I don't like about Horford is the running the rebounds are sort of trending in the wrong direction he was up at 10 points 10 boards a game in 2012-13 then goes down to 8.4 then goes down to 7.2 having said that they did sort of like um, sort of protect him down the stretch and monitor the minutes down to just 30 minutes per game I would like to see that jump back into the 33 and 35 range and then if that ends up happening you have a um, a a super valuable guy like like you've mentioned once again. But having said that, he's just always been somebody who's been inside the top 30, top 40, and, and, he, and he's super solid. You know what you're getting, and he's never going to hurt you anywhere, um, especially at the center position. So uh, super solid overall. For me, I just uh, the guy I like here is Jeff Teague. I always sort of lean towards the point guard, and um, this sort of a guy that said, had to just – he always goes into little dips into a little bit of a slump. Uh, throughout the year, but he's one thing I do like. He's improved his his field goal percentage back up to forty six percent, and his free throw percentage at eighty six percent percent super solid. So he does everything, uh, you know, at a, in a at a super solid rate. But he doesn't um, 
blow you away in any one particular category. I wish he was closer to like eight and a half assists per game or maybe, um, you know, 18 points, but there's such a ball sharing team that this is sort of what you get. And the other issue that you have to is he's down around 30 minutes per game because Dennis Schroeder is a, is a guy who would start for like probably five to mm-hmm. 10 NBA teams if he had the job to himself. So the, oh, but yeah, if, if he was getting more time, he would have been my breakout performer. Um, but without an injury, I think, you know, he, he's one of the best six men in the league coming off the bench. And like you said, he could probably start <clears throat> on more than half the teams in the league at this point. I mean, he could, he could really play. He's very good. Dennis Shooter is an awesome player, super underrated. And he looks like he's got a hairdo from Juice. So <laughs> how do you not go with that, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's borderline elite just on hair alone. I was so. thinking a little more demolition man, but pretty much the same thing. Yeah, a little a juice. Um, yeah. um, uh, I don't want to say boys to men because not boys to men. Who am I thinking? A new addition that would work too. <laughs> um, any yeah, any of those demolition man, all of those three fit. So there you have it. So yeah, so behind him, if anything happens to Jeff Teague, then Dennis Shooter becomes a must add across the board. But in the meantime, now, would, I was going to say, would you agree with me? My my fade based on looking at their roster is going to be Cephalosha. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because of the injury concerns with him coming off the, you know, the leg injury from that whole situation. And partly because even when he was starting, when he was back on, you know, like OKC, he really doesn't contribute all that much on, on a fantasy level. Like the things that he does are the things that don't show up in the box. Right. Score. He's a good, he's a good defender, yeah, you know, NBA player, but not a good fantasy player at all. Right. Exactly. So I think we're yeah we're definitely on the same page 100 percent there. So there's our do not draft guy. We both are in um, um, lockstep there, and we also named our breakout guy Dennis Schroeder. If um, if if he gets the opportunity, even if he doesn't have an opportunity, like in deeper leagues, he's he's ownable. So oh, yeah, we've definitely covered all three bases for the Atlanta Hawks. Let's go ahead and move on to the Boston Celtics. They've got Market Smart um, incorrectly in my mind. Uh, not because Rotowire has it incorrect, because I'm sure that's the correct depth chart for now, but. Um, incorrectly in terms of they're doing the wrong thing. Uh, listed mm-hmm. over Isaiah Thomas at point guard. Avery Bradley at the two. Evan Turner projected at small forward. David Lee, uh, who I think they're doing the absolute right thing and is a, is a sneaky guy in my mind. And then Tyler Zeller at center. Uh, how do you see this in terms of uh, must-add or breakout? However you want to do it. You can go any order you want. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. I pretty much agree with everything you just said. I have my top option, the guy who I would probably want to have the most on the Celtics is going to be David Lee. Mm -hmm. Um, The guy who I have as my breakout and my avoid goes back to what you were just saying. My avoid is Marcus Smart and my breakout is Isaiah Thomas because I don't understand why Thomas is... I, I mean, I guess they want him to be the guy with the ball in his hand on the second team doing all the score. I, I don't I don't know. I, I it just doesn't make any sense to me. He's very, very good. Smart is a nice, okay role playing kind of guy, but he's no Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas can put the ball in the basket. He can score. He can push the tempo for you. He gets other people involved. I, I, I don't understand why they do that either. But for me my breakout guy is Isaiah Thomas because at some point this year I expect him to be the starting point guard and to be playing you know, 30, 35 minutes and putting up really good numbers. And the guy who I'm going to be avoiding in that case is going to be Marcus Smart because I feel like at some point they're going to realize you need Thomas on the floor and that's going to eat into Smart's minutes. Yeah, only Brad Stevens could somehow put together an, an eighth seed that has their best player on the team come off the bench. So whenever he decides to fix that, they'll win more games. So I have it. I have them all 
um, have it nailed all the same way too there as well. Um, David Lee um, as the guy to own, especially in terms of where you get to draft in terms of value after like you know the thirteenth round. I think I did it just in a, in a morning mock that I just did on Fancy Hoops Insider. Wow, that's, that's crazy. And Isaiah Thomas, he's still he's he's like ranked in ADP up in the seventies and eighties. And if he gets a starring job, he's a top 50 player. Easy could be top 40, something maybe, uh, you know, top 35. If they, you know, gave him 35 plus minutes and just let him roll with the rock. So we'll, we'll see if that ends up coming to fruition. We move on to the Brooklyn nets here and they've got Jarrett Jack, uh, solidified at point guard, Shane Arkin behind him. So there's just no one at all that you need to be, uh, threatened by. Uh, you have a mess, uh, just to be honest with you at shooting guard with, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic and Wayne Ellington behind him. Joe Johnson is the three. Thaddeus Young is the four. Brooke Lopez is the center. How do you got this, uh, shaking out? Man, you're right about the mess part. Um, I'm giving the easy one for me is the breakout one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Jack getting, you know, a full complement of minutes. There were times last year when Williams was out and he had him. He had some absolutely huge games in that role. So I think he's going to be the guy who I give my breakout to. I think, you know, like you said, with Larkin backing him up, he could see 35 to 40 minutes a game and just put up just absolutely sick numbers this year. Uh, my top option, I guess, if I'm using Jack as my breakout is going to be Brooke Lopez. Now, when Brooke Lopez is healthy, I mean, he's an offensive force. He can score. Um, he can rebound a little bit. He can block a couple shots for you. But they ran the offense through him for a good portion of the last couple years when he's been healthy. Um, he's a very, very good player. He doesn't get the credit that he deserves, and that's mostly because he gets hurt every year. So the injury is a concern to me, but as far as production when he's healthy, I think I'm going to have Brooke Lopez as my top option on this team. And I'm avoiding whoever they decide to start at shooting guard, whether it's Ellington or Bogdanovich. I just, I think all these guys are better second team players than they are guys who you want on the floor for 30, 35 minutes, um, you know, taking big shots in a close game. And I don't really see anybody else they could go with. Like I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe they could use Johnson, Joe Johnson at the tip, but they just don't have. There's a severe lack of talent on this team is probably the way I really want to say that. So, I mean, to me, the shooting guard's just a mess. It is a mess. And it's, if I had to pin, pinpoint or target one of what, I, I guess I would probably go with what you said there as well. But I'm probably going to take it a step further and say, uh, Jared Jack breakout, Brooke Lopez, guy to own for sure, and everybody else. Um, you don't really want a share out. Daddy Sung is okay, but he never, like, you can, I feel like whenever you draft that guy in that spot, you can always do better than Thaddeus Young for, mm-hmm. uh, for upside or production wherever you draft him. Same with Joe Johnson. And then Bojanovic, you don't want any share of this unless it's like a deep 14 team league and, and above. Wouldn't be surprised if Ellington takes that job. He's not that good. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if they do something else like, um, start Shane Larkin with Jared Jack at the two or, or, you know, it's just a, a, a clear yeah. avoid situation overall. And, you know, I think another problem with that young, too, is when he was in Philly and they were running that fast pace, you know, people got excited because he had some pretty good numbers for a little while there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the same kind of offense that they have in Brooklyn. So I don't think he'll ever approach the, you know, double-digit rebound and, and point numbers like he had when he was in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's he's going to get back there in uh, in New Jersey. So I, I'd agree with you. He might even be a, an avoid for me as well. All right, fair enough. All right, so let's go ahead and take a look at the uh, next team on the slate, and we're going to take a look at Chicago Bulls here. Derek Rose, t- obviously, you know, tentatively listed at the starting position. Aaron Brooks, Aaron Brooks is behind him. They have 
Um, Tony Snell listed as the two, which is sort of interesting here. Jimmy Butler at the three, Pau Gasol four, Joakim Noah five. Obviously, we talked about how this is potentially subject to change. I think what you would see if they did this would be um, Gasol at the five, Miritich at the four, Butler three, Snell two. Or you could see Butler at the two and start, and start uh, Doug McDermott at the three with Meritich at the four. Any of those combinations would work. So uh, we already know that you've got your love for, for Meritich, so we'll put him down as your breakout guy. That's mine as well. What do you mm-hmm. got for the other two spots? Um, well, I mean, I love I love Butler, <clears throat> and I'm a big fan of Gasol, but if I have to pick one guy on this roster that I want to own, if I can have Jimmy Butler, I'm taking Jimmy Butler. Yep. I mean, earlier in the year, last season, when Derrick Rose was out, I mean, he was a, a playing at an MVP caliber. Um, you know, I always knew he was a great defensive player and he gave you a lot of those other things. Um, and the minutes is obviously something you love about a guy that can play 40 minutes a night, which now that Tibbs is gone, I don't think they're going to ask him to do, which will probably help him stay healthy. But I still think he's going to put up numbers. What really surprised me about him last year is I didn't realize he was as good on the offensive end as he played last year. If you add that offensive game to the fact that he can basically stop and guards the other team's best player every game, I mean, he to me, he's the best player on that team. And with the way he scored last year, he was probably the best fantasy option as well. So he would probably be, again, I mean, I don't hate Pau either. I think they're both guys that I'm not going to be upset if they wind up on my team after a draft. Um, but they would be the two guys I'd be looking for. And, you know, maybe this is controversial, but my avoid is going to be Derrick Rose because... That's not, the guy not just me. can't stay healthy. Yeah, he's not to me. I think that's that's fine with an avoid. I actually just took him in the ninth round in this um, fancy draft mock that I did. So I, I didn't avoid him, but I felt like I got him at, at a pretty cheap price overall. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm fine with that uh, as an avoid. I would actually take uh, Joakim Noah as my avoid because people are still sort of considering him as a starting center. And if they mm-hmm. do what I think that they should do, it, sh- it should be Gasol at the five with Miritich. Um at the at the four, I think that's something that would definitely make the most sense. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. That's the best offensive lineup that I could put together. And Noah is a guy who they don't want to they don't want to play him thirty minutes anyway. He gets injured so much that he'd be better off just filling a, a bench role. And he can actually be a little bit more productive as a passer and and you know as a you know, interior you know put back scorer type guy. If they brought him off the bench, when you put him in that in that role with those five guys, you could see he's just not as effective. So I uh, think he'd be much better in the second unit with Taj Gibson. All right, Charlotte Hornets are up here. Kemba Walker is at the point. Jeremy Lin with that crazy do. Have you seen Jeremy Lin with the rock star um, super mullet? Uh, super, no, I haven't. He's, I'm gonna have to look it up. It's weird. Like if you um, if you if his hair isn't done or gelled up, he looks like he has a bowl cut. It's like hanging on, you know, like literally they just threw a bowl over his head and shaved the uh-huh. rest, right? And then when he has it spiked up, he looks like he's in a metal band. So it's like a, like a full foot of spike with all fully gelled up. So I don't know if he's been hanging out with Metallica or what it is, but he's playing good in the preseason. So, um, and now there's rumors about him potentially being the starting shooting guard now that they have, um, uh, lost MKG. So Jeremy Lin, I, according to Rotowire, is projected, the projected two. Um, with them sliding Nicholas Batum over to the three, Cody Zilla at the four. I don't think he sticks at the four. I think, um, if they do what's right and what's smart, they make it Frank Kaminsky. Um, I, if I, if I don't, I'm going to hate that. And then, uh, Al Jefferson at the five. So how do you break this down? Well, I, I actually agree with you. The, um, you know, I'll start with my fade because it kind of goes along with what you were just saying is, um, 
I have my fate on this team as uh, Marvin Williams this year because I expect at some point that Kaminsky is going to wind up getting in there and getting some more time. Uh, the guy who I think will break out is Nicholas Batum because I think he'll be asked to do a little more on offense this year with this team. Uh, again, I mean, Portland had a ton of offensive weapons, and that was always the one drawback with him. You know, he can rebound pretty well. He uh, blocked shots, got some steals, was a pretty good defensive player. But he was basically just a standstill shooter, which I don't even really think is his game. Um, I think he's somebody who you'd rather see, like, go into the basket and, and using his athleticism to make some plays. So I think he breaks out and could have a bigger year this year. And I love Al Jefferson and Kemba Walker. So uh, if I wind up with either one of those guys on my team, I'm not going to be mad. To me, they're the two guys on this team that you really, really want to own. All right, fair enough. All right, so the way I'm looking at this here is um, I think that Jeremy Lin, if he ends up getting that job, there's your breakout player there too because a lot of people are – he's like – I see him going undrafted in a, lot, in a lot of leagues. Um, Cody Zell to me is going to be my fade because he's listed as the power forward and, and okay. I, think, I think he's – you know, it's it, whether it's Marvin Williams or Frank Kaminsky, he doesn't deserve that starting job. And then the, tr- the player you can trust more that you can just book into your lineup is Al Jefferson. So player to own, I drafted him as well. I was just, I'm just going to read you off my draft list, basically. Yeah, um, that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. All right, so there you have that. Cleveland Cavaliers are up next. Mo Williams at the point. J.R. Smith, uh, tentatively listed at the two. Uh, LeBron James three. Kevin Love four. Timothy Mozgov five. How do you see it shaking out? Alright, well, I mean, obviously, if you can, if you can get a guy like LeBron, that's always, you know, that's always something that you want on your team. There is a lot of talk about him being limited or, or playing a few less minutes and stuff this year, but he's so efficient when he's out on the floor. I mean, he's somebody that's gonna help your team, whether or not you like it. I mean, I draft him in the first round. I take him in the top five picks. Um, I might be a little bit higher on him than other people are, but especially with Kyrie, not there to start the season. Um, I'm expecting him to, you know, put up huge sick numbers across the board in every category. Uh, the guy who I have written down here as my breakout guy is J.R. Smith. As much as I hated him when he was a Nick and I had to watch him on MSG, being that I live in the New York area all the time, <laughs> he's a perfect guy for a Cleveland team. He can hit the jump shot. He can stretch the floor. And frankly, they don't care how many shots he throws up there. I mean, basically, he's a better version of Dion Waiters, in my opinion, with a better jump shot. And I, I've never thought I would ever say this about J.R. Smith, but a little more under control than, <laughs> Dion, than Dion Waiters was. And again, if you know the two guys, it, it actually makes sense, as crazy as a statement as that sounds. It's funny but, to hear, though. You know, yes, it's like... It, it's incre- like I said, I've, I've watched J.R. Smith play since he was in high school. He actually, my father's a high school basketball coach in New Jersey. And he played for St. Benedict's. They actually played against my dad's team. He had like 34 points, and it was something along the lines of like eight three-pointers and five dunks is how he got there. So he either he either took it to the basket and dunked on somebody, or he pulled up from like NBA range and knocked down the three. So I've seen this kid play since he was 15 years old, and he was pretty much the same way at 15 years old. Is He makes a lot of those plays where you go, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But then he also makes some shots where you're like, wow, this guy's got talent, how the hell did he make that shot? So to me, if you put him in the right situation, which I think he has in Cleveland, because a guy like LeBron... He's not putting up with that crap. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like A guy like LeBron can kind of keep him, keep his head focused and on the game, 
And again, I mean, he can, the guy can score, you know, that's never been a problem for him. Since he's been a kid, he's always been able to put up 25, 30 points. And you know what? I think that there's going to be some value in that for the Cleveland team. So I have him as my breakout star. And the guy who I have as my fade, and it's partly because I don't understand why they gave him such a huge contract, is Tristan Thompson. And it's not that I don't like Tristan Thompson. I just don't see where he plays. You know, like, how many minutes is this guy really expected to get unless somebody gets hurt? And they gave him a really big contract for a guy who's coming off the bench. So that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I have Tristan Thompson as somebody who I would not be drafting in any of my leagues. I have Tristan Thompson as the same because he doesn't even have a contract. (laughs) It's like, um, yeah, they called his bluff, and his bluff is failing miserably. So Mm -hmm. um, LeBron, you know, obvious guy to own here. And I think there's a there's a bunch of value with Mo Williams as the guy who looks like he's going to start the season. And even when he comes off the bench, should be like a good – you can get him at the very end of your draft or, you know, last round or even off the waiver wire in some cases, depending how shallow you play, like 10 teams or something like that. And he'll be super valuable all season long because if you take a look at their, their – um, you know, scoring load outside of the starters, it's Richard Jefferson, um, you know, Vera Zhao, uh, James Jones, Della Vadova. It's not exciting in terms of, you know, overall depth. Austin Day is on this roster. Austin Day, to me, should be right behind LeBron James. I don't know why everybody hates him. I don't know why he, Richard Jefferson is somebody who's an option. Austin Day, to me, has always been able to play. I don't know what people, why he just has bounced around so often in the league, but I hope he sticks because I think he can be a contributor for, for Cleveland. But, uh, regardless of that, that's how we have that breaking down. Moving along, we're going to flip over to the Detroit Pistons here. Got Reggie Jackson, the, uh, the, the, the big money man there, uh, at the point. Um, Contavis Caldwell Pope at the two, Marcus Morris at the three, Ilisova four, Andre Drummond five. I just want to say, this starting five is ugly, first of all. I don't just want to put that out there, and then I'll get your take. Um, yeah, I mean, Jesus. It's ugly. Yeah. Well, how about you start this one? Let's go that way, and then I'll <laughs> okay. add it. Because I really don't – I mean, it's basically pretty straightforward what I'm looking at here. Okay. To me, the guy to own right now is Reggie Jackson. I think he's going to get right. a ton of volume. And you take a look at the other options on this roster, uh, you're, I'm not terribly excited overall. The potential breakout guy who could be in this list is Stanley Johnson in my mind. If he's if he's yes. able to usurp Marcus Morris or if they actually slide Marcus Morris to the four, because Ilya Silva to me is just – some guy who's so maddening, he always ends up just losing a job or losing minutes wherever he goes. So um, there's my b- breakout candidate there. And by that same vein, I think Ilya Sova is the guy to fade. I know we didn't mention Andre Drummond. I just feel like there's uh, Reggie Jackson is just a more safer player, and you don't have to deal with Andre Drummond's bad field goal percentage or his foul trouble. So um, I, I actually have written down exactly what you just said. And part of the reason why I wanted to go second is because you know I am a huge Stanley Johnson fan. Yeah. Um, I really, really like this kid. I've actually, I saw him play in AAU when he was, you know, before he even got into Arizona and people were expecting him to be a huge star at Arizona and he was good, but that team was pretty talented. And the other thing that I think people don't realize is they had a lot of depth, um, you know, at their like three and four spots, which is really where he would have played. Um, you know, well, it is where he did play, but it, it, you know, there's a lot of other guys there and they play that up-tempo style. So they were rotating guys in and out. He's going to be a plus defender at the next level. And I think his offensive game is a lot better than people realize. Um, I know I remember on draft night, people were going crazy because, uh, you know, Detroit passed on Justice Winslow and I was literally 
standing on the rooftop. Well, really, I was on Twitter, but I, I was yelling it from Twitter <laughs> from the rooftop that you guys are going to be very, very happy with Johnson. And I actually have written down here my fate is Ilya Silva because I kind of feel the same way you do. By the end of the season or even by the middle, of, I actually have written down here by the middle of December, you're probably going to see uh, Morris at the four and Stanley Johnson starting at the three with Ilya Silva coming in to, uh, you know, back up the four and five spot on this roster. So I agree 100% with you there. And again, you know, Reggie, Reggie Jackson to me is probably the guy you want the most. I'm a little bit higher on Drummond, I think, than you are, but I still think Jackson is way ahead of him if I had to pick one guy to own here. I just want to say this as a disclaimer. For anybody who punts free throw percentage or uses free throws made or something, whatever, some other category that, you know, helps out bad shoot free throw shooting centers, Drummond's a monster. Okay, don't, don't get me wrong there. And they've cleared yeah. the, they've cleared the path for him to be just like a, you know, to have, um, him be the the man down low with no Greg Monroe there, and you know take a look at the other options. It's Aaron Baines behind him, you know, Ilsova, Marcus Mould, Anthony Tolliver. There's nothing exciting behind Andre Drummond for sure. So he's going to get every opportunity to eat. Having said that, every league that I play in plays with free throw percentage, and I'm not a punter. So um, overall, I, I, in head to head leagues, I have punted uh, on numerous occasions, but free throw percentage is not a category I punt personally. So that's just why Drummond and DeAndre Jordan and, you know, Dwight Howard, guys like that are never on my roster. So um, that's just the general way I have to approach it. All right, so I think we've narrowed down our picks uh, there overall. Let's go ahead and flip over to the Indiana Pacers. George Hill at the uh, point guard. Monte Ellis, the newly acquired uh, shooting guard. CJ Miles at the three. Paul George at the four. Ian Mahini. And uh, with question marks behind him as far as whether or not it's going to be Jordan Hill or Miles Turner waiting in the wings. So what do you got here? Well, my avoid is going to be however that center position works out. If it's Mahimi, he's somebody I'm going to be avoiding. If Jordan Hill winds up getting the start, I'm going to be avoiding him because he's just too undersized for me to be a center. I mean, they list him at 6'10", 235. He's probably more like 6'8", or 6'9". And, I mean, maybe he is 235, but he's going to be going up against guys that are closer to 260, 270. He's given up 20, 30 pounds on him and three or four inches down in the post. And that's going to be a big deal. So I don't like the center position on this team at all. But with that being said, I do pretty much like the guys at every other position here. Um, Paul George, you know, you got to see how he looks. I mean, he looks okay so far in the preseason. But if you remember, this guy was a top five player in the NBA. Not a top five power, small forward, not a top five guy at his position. He was literally on the verge of being basically what Kawhi Leonard turned into. Um, you know, a stud defensive player whose offensive game came along and, you know, he had the talent to literally carry a team. I mean, he was basically carrying the Olympic team before he, uh, you know, before he got hurt in, uh, you know, in last summer and whatever they were getting ready for, um, over there. So, I don't know if I can put him as the guy that I definitely want yet because I want to see if he's all the way back. So I actually have him listed as my breakout guy, hoping that, uh, you know, people kind of sleep on him and you can get him lower owned in a draft. I'm also a really big fan of, uh, Hill, who had a very good end of the season after he came back from his injury as well. Um, he was putting up numbers across the board. He was putting up rebounds. He was getting assists. He could put the ball in the basket as well. I think he's one of those point guards that does what you ask of him. So if you need him to score, he'll score for you. If you need him to get everybody involved, he'll get everybody involved. If you need him to help out in the rebounding, he'll do that. If you need him to guard somebody and, and, and kind of shut somebody down, he'll take that challenge as well. So I'm a big fan of George Hill, the basketball player. And last year, his fantasy numbers were pretty nice. So 
I think he's going to be another guy that, uh, you know, could be considered either a breakout candidate or a guy that I really want to own on this team. All right, fair enough. I I think I'm with you for the most part on all those players there. Miles Turner, uh, for me, is is where I'm going to bank my my breakout guy. Um, I think you you're probably safe any any chance you go with Paul George, provided he's pretty healthy as as the player to own. And then, ooh, I mean. Yeah, Mahini for me is is the listed center who might get drafted in some deeper leagues, but this is a guy that you just don't really want to touch because it could be Hill taking this job or it could be Miles Turner. You could name a couple of some people who who are not CJ Miles fans can say like, oh, avoid that guy because he'll be thirty one night and three points the next night, and that's true too. Mm-hmm. So you could make a case there as well. Um, we'll just we'll leave that that there. I think we've sufficiently covered. Yeah, that. I don't I don't hate Miles though as a as a flyer in uh in a deep league because yeah. he can have those games where, like you said, he goes and puts up thirty, which which can help you. He's better as a DFS play when you get him yes. into the right matchup where he's hot, yes. you know, and you can make some more sense out of the play than owning him in season long. Season long, you're going to pull your hair out, or yes. you're going to be like me, you're not going to have any more hair. So um, that's that's basically how I look at it. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies, Mike Conley up at the point, Courtney Lee at the two, Jeff Green at the three. Uh, oh wait, we doing Mem- we doing the Western Conference there? Oh Western Conference, I forgot. Memphis is on the East Coast, but it's Memphis West Coast. It's my fault. Yes, uh, I was gonna say I didn't. I don't have anything written down about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Miami Heat, uh, Goran Dragic at the point guard, D Wade at the, shoot at the two, Dang at the three with Justice Winslow behind him, Chris Bosh at the four, Hassan Whiteside at the five with Amari Stoudemire. Who's the, I guess the, um, resident gatekeeper, you know? He just backs up. He's, he's, uh, gonna be a guy who plays till he's 43 and averages five points a game for the next five years. So, um, there, there's how you, how I feel about that. Uh, how do you sh- see the shaking out? I mean, I gotta be honest. Looking just at the names, like, this is a pretty solid roster that they have down here in Miami. Okay. Um, I mean, I think if you're looking top options, if D Wade's healthy, he's still a stud. Um, the numbers that he puts up when he's healthy across the board are, you know, phenomenal. Um, but there's other guys on this team that I like as well. I mean, Hassan Whiteside last year, if you played any DFS at all last year, there was a time for like a two or three week period where you basically put this, yeah. yeah, you put him on your roster or you lost. I mean, it was, it was literally that crazy. Um, he blocked shots, he was rebounding, he was scoring. And then he also um, pulled his best Merlin the Magician act and disappeared for a couple games as well, um, where he just did absolutely nothing, and you were like, what is going on here? So it might be a little bit maddening to own him as well, but he could be the guy that I'm going to consider my breakout guy because he has a ton of upside. And you and I have actually talked about this before. Um, I hate Chris Bosh for fantasy because he literally only helps you in – the scoring category, maybe if you need like a big guy who's center eligible that can shoot threes, yeah, he might help you there. But he just doesn't rebound anymore. He doesn't block a ton of shots. No. He's just he literally does like one thing. He's so like Ryan Anderson, life, but you got to draft him. He doesn't hit as many threes, yes. and you got to draft him four rounds earlier. So yeah, and, you know, in real life, if he's on my team, I don't hate it. But for fantasy, I want nothing to do with him. I will tell you this though, I did love Chris Bosh in Jurassic World. He was so good. You know, I was like, wow, he really looks like a raptor. Uh, he's got a, one of those long necks. I was sold. Did, did you not? I was like, yeah, I mean, I can see it. Oscar winning performance. Uh, that is like, I mean, he doesn't win another championship, but you know what? 
He was a former Raptor, and it turns out he's also a Raptor in the movies. Well, you know what? That's probably the best chance he has to get another trophy is the, is the Oscars. Yeah, there you go. Uh, especially with uh, LeBron James in the same division. So my fate is Dwayne Wade. Uh, too old for me, too too injured. Can he still play? Sure. Did he play better than the season before he did with LeBron out of the lineup? Yes, he did. Do I want him on my team? No. Degenerative knee condition? No, thank you. Behind that, I think that because of the injury issues and the, because of the fact that he's versatile, Gerald Green to me is, is my potential breakout guy. You don't have to draft him. You can just put him on your watch list, but then just be ready to pounce. Or if he's in a, in a deep league, then there's somebody you, you should keep an eye on. And then this, I, the, I think the safe play, uh, among this two is, is probably Goran Dragic. I don't think I'm going to love what he does because him and Dwayne Wade need to learn how to play together and they're both sort of ball dominators. But at least with a point guard, you know you can get some scoring, some threes, some steals. He does a little bit of everything. It's not going to be the mantra he was in Phoenix, but probably the safest guy to own overall. So uh, there you have that. Milwaukee Bucks are next up. Michael Carter-Williams at the point. Middleton at the two. Tentacupo is injured for the time being, but he's at the three. Jabari Parker is interesting to me that he's have them listed as a four, um, but, you know, um, to each his own. And then Greg Monroe, another underside guy at the five. What do you think here? Okay, I, you know, and again, this is another guy we've talked about before, is I think that Monroe is very underrated. He can do a lot of things offensively. He can definitely help out an offense, and he's a guy that you could actually run your offense through because he can score. He's also a very, very underrated passer. Um, I think that's one of his best qualities, and I don't think that it worked out very well for him in Detroit because him and Drummond kind of want the ball in the same kind of spots on the floor, and with the two of them in there, I just felt like it was always so clogged up, and you know, people always said, why don't Detroit have these two guys on the floor together? Like, the two of them did better when they were not on the floor together. So I think the fact that he's out of that situation now and is somebody who can be the main guy in Milwaukee down on the post and the high post area, I think that's going to help him. So I'm expecting a huge season out of Monroe. Um, you know, whether you put him as the top option or the breakout kind of guy for me, he's somebody that I wouldn't mind having on my rosters. Um, the guy I actually have listed as the breakout guy kind of goes along with what you were just saying. For me, I don't really see Jabari Parker as a four. I see him more as like a, you know, a, a big three if he can guard some of those threes, um, depending on the matchup. I really liked what Henson did last year when they gave him some minutes. I'm expecting him to see some time at the power forward spot this year. I expect that, you know, they just gave him a big contract, so he should be another guy who, you know, does see a ton of minutes, whether he starts or not, and he could fill up a stat sheet for you. So I do really like John Henson as a breakout guy. The guy who I'm fading, which, again, might be a little controversial, but I am not a Michael Carter-Williams fan. Um, and part of the reason for that is, you know, he went from a very high-paced team in Philly down to this Milwaukee team who, you know, plays a lot more defense and, and, and doesn't run it up all that much. It's not that I don't like MCW or I don't think he'll have an okay year. I just don't think he's going to get back to the lofty numbers that he had playing that up-tempo style in Philly. And I feel like people are drafting him way higher than I would ever draft him. All right, fair enough. I, I think those are all fair points. John Henson is a guy I've always wanted to, to see them start, personally. So when I play, put Greg Monroe um, and signed him, I thought, okay, there's your power forward. You're going to have your lockdown center, especially when they give him that contract. And then I, I thought that you could have definitely made a case for um, Atenta Kumpo to play the two and Jabari Parker to play the three and then make Chris Middleton your, 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 your big scoring option off the bench. That's sort of how I thought it would, would fit in a better sense. But we'll, we'll see how this group sh- ends up shaking out. I think there's probably 
too many mouths to feed in this group and then not enough straight defenders uh, in that mine. Although Antetokounmpo is, is an absolute defending monster. And Carter Williams is nice for for having a you know seven foot four point guard. So um, that's how I see it shaking out. For me, um, Antetokounmpo is I'm gonna I'm, this is the first time I'm gonna do this, but he's gonna be my breakout guy and the guy to own. Uh, okay. in, in my, in my mind. And then my, my full, uh, fade here too, as I think it's gonna be Chris Middleton's, cause when they figure out what the sort of setup they have, I think that he's gonna end up being sort of the odd man out. He's still ownable and playable, but I, when, the, the way they have this set up here, I don't think you want Greg Monroe defending the paint, um, as a five. He's more of a four. He's always been a four. He's never been a terribly good shot blocker, and he's been just a, like, serviceable, maybe above average rebounder at the four. Now you're gonna mm-hmm. put him against seven footers in the paint here and ask him to hold his own. I don't think it's going to be a good, uh, you know, recipe for success overall. So now let me let me ask you this question because here's kind of the way I see it, and this is why I said I think that him and Henson at some point are going to be on the floor together. Yeah, I agree with almost everything you just said right there. But Henson is a guy who can defend centers, and that's why I yes. kind of feel like the two of them are going to play together. Mm-hmm. Where Monroe offensively might play a little more inside, and Henson might have a little more of that like short jump shot, short porch kind of thing in his game mm-hmm. with Monroe like kind of running like the high post on offense yeah. and on defense I would agree completely with you that they switch the two of them around which is kind of the way that I see it and kind of why I don't understand why the two of them aren't expected to be on the floor together starting right especially when you pay John Henson like a starter or yeah they're thinking what they give 40 million for four I years or something, something like crazy that. you know what yeah. it is too is like everybody's anticipating that that the cap is going to go up and it is going to go up so they're like whatever we'll spend this money now we'll hold on to our guys right now because the cap is going up so it's not going to look as crazy uh, when it actually happens which is true but doesn't mean that you're still overpaying a guy who's coming off the bench i mean costa has got like 20 something million too mm-hmm. i was like whoa whoa people yeah. are are getting a little crazy with the wallets here yeah, I wish I, w- I should have married a taller woman so my kids would have a better chance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, hey, there's always uh, you can always be a deep shooter. You can always be a gymmer. Yeah, hopefully my wife don't listen to this show. Otherwise, I'm on the couch tonight. But, you know, it happens. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just say, tell, tell her it was a 20-minute show. And then just That's after it. 20 minutes, that was it. That was what, you sound like you were still talking, honey. No, no, that was, that was it. We, were, we just, some of our after show made it on. Uh, Ricky Rubio, Zach Levine, uh, getting wiggy with it. Andrew Wiggins at the three, Garnett, and Carl Anthony Towns at the five for the Minnesota Timberwolves. What do you like here? Are we talking Western Conference again? Did I, I mean, just do you that? You keep trying to. I don't oh, know. Man. We can talk about it if oh, you want. I don't know how much. No. I thought we only had like we a 40 to, minute show or something. We so need to wrap, actually. We need to hurry up here. Okay. So okay. let's, let's go a little bit rapid fire. Okay. New York Knicks. Okay. I'm not even going to read off the starting five for me. Just give me your three. Okay, I mean, it's very easy. The only guy on this team that I want to own is Carmelo Anthony, and I don't even really want to own him, but you know he's going to take a ton of shots. Carmelo Anthony and no thank you. How about that? Yeah, and I mean, literally, there's nothing else on this round. I mean, maybe you can make a case for Lopez rebound. No, just go. Okay, next. (laughs) Orlando Magic, what do you got? You know what? I actually do like a lot of guys in this roster for um for fantasy. Uh, Vucevic is a is a very good player. Tobias Harris is a very good player. Um, Peyton is is my breakout guy, even though he kind of came on and you know was was very good last year. And Oladipo as well. So I actually like all four of those guys. Um, Aaron Gordon is the one guy who they list as somebody who should be starting. That he's going to have to show me something. So for now, he's probably my fade. But the other four, I wouldn't mind on my roster. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, 110% uh, on that. Uh, uh, Mario uh, 
Hazonia is an interesting oh. guy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Swaggerific. So um, that's that's guy I just want to toss out there. But the most for the most part with you, uh, I'm going to agree with you. Victor Oladipo is my guy to own. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers here. What do you got? Um, to be honest, I, if Roten is going to be starting at the point guard, when he was starting at the beginning of last year, I was a big fan of his. Uh, he was a guy that daily fantasy players used a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely somebody I like. Um, towards the end of the year, Nerlens Noel offensively really, yeah. yeah, he really surprised me. I mean, I, you always knew he could be a good defender and a good, you know, he's long and he's athletic. Um, but offensively, he really came into his own. So I don't know whether you want to call him the breakout or a top guy to have. Um, but. Roten and Noel are two guys I wouldn't mind on my roster. Uh, you know, that's probably it. I mean, Covington is hot or cold sometimes. I'm not really sure what to expect out of Okafor. And uh, I, I think if Hollis Thompson does wind up starting, at some point in the year they'll probably wind up with Roten and, uh, and Isaiah Cannon as the two guards. All right, yeah, they, uh, Isaiah Cannon uh, right now has them listed as the potential point guard option, but it's sort of up in the air. I think actually that Kendall Marshall can end up taking this job over uh, personally. He's the best pure passing point guard, but the, the thing with a, a pure passing point guard is you need scorers. Um, and so I don't know how – you've got Okafor and Stauskas can shoot it from outside, but outside of that, it's a little sketch. I don't know if – to me, Nerland's Noel um, – I don't know if well, well I don't know if he, he it's weird because he's a power forward that's playing like the cleanup Tyson Chandler you know um you know play defense and rebound and score here in their role so it's a little bit weird that they're a little bit out of position but he makes more, more sense as a four I guess he's more athletic so just you know limited skill set offensively so we'll see how that ends up shaking out um Jalil Okafor is going to be my, my guy to own slash potential uh, breakout pair we're sort of grouping this since we're uh, running short on time here. Uh, Toronto Raptors, Kyle Lowry, DeRozan, Demar Carroll, Patterson, and, and uh, JV. I mean, I love I love all three of the guys on the outside. You know, I'm a huge Kyle Lowry fan. We talked about him, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in our top fives the other day. And then he went out and scored 40 points that night in the preseason to make me look good. So, um, if Lowry's healthy, he's one of my favorite players to watch. He's he's just such a tough kid, man. He's he's hard nosed. He plays hard. He does a little bit of everything on the floor. So. He's the one guy that I would love to own. Um, I don't hate the Rosen either. I also really like Damari Carroll. I think he could have a bigger year here than he did with Atlanta. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the big guys that they got. I guess uh, if I had to say fade in somebody, it'd probably be a guy like uh, Patrick Patterson. Um, but again, I mean, I don't hate him either. But on this team, he's probably the guy that I would say to fade. Okay, I, um, yeah, Patrick Patterson to me is, yeah, placeholder. It could easily be James Johnson, Scola, anybody else they want to throw in there. They want to go small with Demario Carroll at the four. They can do all of those things. And either way, he's mm-hmm. just not a big time factor. I'm going to go a step further too and say, along with Patrick Patterson, Jonas Valanciunas, every year I hear about him being like, oh, it's breakout year, this guy can score. Uh, uh, what's his name? Dwayne Casey pulls him off the floor like he's a, a uh, you know, a four year old who ran into the court. You know, mm-hmm. and he's like, get off the court. It's fourth quarter. You don't belong here. And so he's always got 25 minutes, and people are always pissed off that he doesn't get enough production. And I don't really uh, see that chain changing overall. So uh, I bet you Patrick Passon plays a bunch of five as as a cleanup guy who they don't want to touch the ball, and uh, yeah, as a slightly better defender maybe. And you know, we'll we'll see how that ends up shaking out. I don't want either shares of those there. Uh, and then last but not least, Washington Wizards. What do you think? Uh, John Wall is easily the uh, the top dog for me, the guy who I want to own. Um, contributes in every category across the board. Uh, you know, again, if you're playing in a league where, you know, shooting percentage is a big deal, he doesn't help you much there. 
Um, but points scored, rebounds, assists, steals. He, he's the big guy for me there. Um, guy who I would be fading, and I'm not even sure how this is going to work out, but whether it's Nene Hilario or Chris Humphrey at the power forward spot, um, you know, these guys are all just going to get a couple minutes. None of them are going to get the lion's share of the minutes here. So these are guys that I don't even know if they're worth drafting later on in drafts because, yes, they have some talent. Yes, they can put up some numbers. But if they're not going to get a lot of minutes to do so, it's really not enticing to me. Yeah, for for me personally, um, Chris Humphreys was sort of the same role too with a, as a guy who started sometimes and sometimes didn't start. Then you saw Drew Gooden get in the mix and you saw Nene get in there but play 25 minutes and they're still talking about how they're going to keep him at sort of the same. So, so power forward, overall avoid for me. John Wall is a really guy I really want to own and bad rebuild. Never stays healthy enough for me to get interested in him there as well. So that's going to wrap up that. All right, I uh, just want to quickly let you know that if you're staring at your weekly fantasy opponent and you're thinking to yourself, I would love to challenge just one of his players but not his entire team, but your fantasy sports service doesn't allow you to do so, well, now you can with a no, all-new No Halftime app. The No Halftime app allows you to create individual challenges using players or teams. For example, you can pit Odo Beckham Jr. versus Megatron, LeBron versus Mello, Trout versus A-Rod. Now, creating a challenge just takes seconds, and accepting one it takes even easier. It takes even less time. No halftime challenges can be private or public and created for NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college football, college basketball, and other sports. So join today and get started. Real money and fantasy supremacy awaits you. Visit NoHalftime.com for more information and to download the No Halftime app for your Andro- iPhone and Android device. Receive a bonus by entering promo code ROTOWIRE at sign up. No Halftime, where fantasy sports season, season never takes a break. All right, Benny, uh, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Any last comments? Uh, or uh, tips for anybody out there listening? No, just, uh, you know, NBA season is getting closer and closer by the day. So, you know, enjoy your, uh, you know, your NFL games for the next couple of weeks, but definitely start looking into this stuff and figuring out, uh, you know, who you want on your teams if you haven't had your draft yet, because the end of the month is quickly coming up and we'll have some real games starting soon. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget to hit up Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 or uh, send me a message on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS if you have any fantasy basketball questions or any just fantasy questions in general. Thanks for listening to the Rotowire DFS podcast, now available on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience. Be sure to give us a rating, review. Don't forget to subscribe. Best of luck to you all in your drafts. And thanks for listening. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.